0: Welcome to The Awesome Pod Mix, you are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about the first episode of Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Resurrection, written by Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. The episode is directed by Ali Selim. It's the fifth series to have a Kevin Feige production credit after Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk Attorney at Law. The Marvel Studios' title sequence gets over quickly. The only word that's highlighted is secret. It's from the Avengers when Banner says, That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. The episode opens on a black screen with text that reads Moscow present day. Which present day? Agent Everett Ross receives a call. He then ditches his burner phone. He removes his gun from his foothold, stir, cocks it, and then puts it behind. He steps out of the tunnel, then onto some stairs, then into the streets, and then into a building. A voice pours in. Imagine a world where information can't be trusted. Not very hard, is it? Yes, in today's day and age, information can't be trusted. There's a lot of misinformation during the rounds. So yes, it's not very hard. Press Cards voice continues. News sites say one thing, websites say another. Society starts to fray. All we can turn to are the people we care about. But what if those people weren't who we thought they were? What if the ones closest to us, the ones we've trusted our whole lives, were someone else entirely? What if they weren't even human? Ross enters an apartment. This apartment's windows are covered with newspapers. There are various satellite images on screen. UK 24 News portal is open. Newspaper clippings of recent terror attacks are plastered all over. There are post-its that read Bogota Terror. Connected to heist? Who is the target? Terror in Munich. Mass shooting. Motive? mark. Ross wonders what Prescott is talking about. Prescott explains that all these terror attacks are by design. The groups claiming to be behind them is just their way to distract the intelligence services. Ross is way too chill about this whole thing. That's a giveaway. It's not actual Everett Ross. Prescott thinks Skrulls are behind all of this. Ross reminds Prescott that Skrulls are their allies. If he has to bring Nick Fury down from Saber, he needs evidence. If Nick Fury needs to be brought back to Earth, you contact Agent Maria Hill, not Everett Ross. Prescott hands over the evidence to Ross. Ross is dismissive even of the evidence. That's a huge tell. Prescott feels there's something off about Ross the moment he says he doesn't know who to trust other than Ross. Prescott attacks Ross. There's a scuffle between the two. Prescott tries to choke Ross with the wires, but Ross manages to shoot him in the chest and escape. This is most definitely not actual Everett Ross. A mysterious figure follows Ross as he tries to escape. Ross contacts Maria Hill for an extraction. A chase ensues between Ross and the mysterious figure. Ross gets hit by two cars one after the other and he's not even severely injured. It indicates that he's a Skrull and has super strength. Ross enters a building named EM3 and quickly reaches the terrace. He jumps and slides from one terrace to another. Now Ross jumps off the terrace and hits the building wall on his way down to the ground. Maria Hill arrives at the scene. Ross's face is bruised as he tries to crawl toward Maria. Seeing a bruised Ross, Maria points her gun at the mysterious figure. The mysterious figure reveal themselves and it's Talos. Ross breathes his last and shape shifts into a scroll. Maria says he's one of them. Talos responds that he's not. When I saw Ross in a teeny-weeny-weeny, I was like, that's how Fury is styled. They won't dress Ross the same way. When the trailer had dropped, I thought Ross was masquerading as Fury in the show. The camera cranes up and we see a top-angle shot of the dead body lying in the alley. Secret Invasion title sequence begins. I read on Twitter that the company Method Studio used AI to generate this sequence. All I want to say to the makers of Secret Invasion is that you're better than this. You don't need to use AI. There are tons of talented artists who can bring your vision to life. Just pay your artists, whether they belong to the VFX department, graphics department, or the writing department. A beam of light drops from a top amidst the forest and turns into a blinding light. Nick Fury returns. Nick Fury limps. Maria Hill arrives at the scene to pick Nick Fury up. Both of them reach the safe house and Maria informs that Talos is waiting for Fury upstairs. We see Santo Milica, a Skrull sky plant from their home world. Talos informs that it was Soren who planted the seed and it has changed and adapted to the planet. Santo is Spanish for Holy. Milica, I guess, is a reference to Robert A. Millican. He devised an experiment that allowed him to determine the charge of an electron. Nick Fury and Talos touch foreheads as Fury apologizes for Soren's death. It is as romantic as it sounds. Keeping the romance aside, Sorin is dead? How did she die? Talos mentions Sorin loved Nick Fury. Were Nick Fury, Talos, and Sorin a throuple? I mean, Talos did take Nick Fury's form quite often, so you never know. Nick Fury wants to talk about Gravik, but Talos wants to talk about Nick Fury. Talos says, We've been helping you for all these years to ensure that you kept your promise. But after the blip, you were different. Just use the word snap instead of blip, please. Talos continues. And then you disappeared. Carol Danvers disappeared. And so did Gaia. Gaia was young and angry because her people didn't have a home. Talos was kicked off the council and pushed into exile. Gravik took Nick Fury's abandonment much harder. Was Nick Fury a father figure or a mentor figure for Gravik? Is that why he's acting out? Why is Gaia on Gravik's side? I know teenagers rebel, but this is a little too extreme. Is Monica Rambo aware of Gaia's rebellion? They were friends at one point. Maria says, Gravik is now the newest member of the Skrull Council. Comparing Gravik to Nick Fury, I would like to say like father like son. Maria continues, he preys on the collective rage of young and displaced Skrulls. Nick Fury checks where Gravik is at. Talos informs that he's in Russia. Maria continues, Skrulls are immune to radioactivity and Russia has the most abandoned nuclear plants on earth. If that was the case, finding a suitable location to set up a new home for Skrulls shouldn't have been difficult. Why didn't they figure out this detail back in 1995? As Talos mentions, these nuclear plants are not on the books. Easy solution! Why did no one do that? Nick Fury could have provided resources and protective measures so that Skrulls could safely inhabit Earth and be allies to Earthlings. Gravik's plan is to start a war between America and Russia using America against Russia or AAR as a front. A weapons cache in Kazakhstan was raided the same day Prescott died. Talos tells Nick Fury, We brought you here for a reason. If he succeeds, your species will cease to exist. Nick Fury stands up angrily and thumps the table. He removes his coat from the stand, saying he's going out for a walk. Talos is concerned because Nick Fury is going to stand out. Back in the US, Rhodey informs President Ritson that Nick Fury has left Sabre. He's unable to contact Maria Hill or Nick Fury. Both are AWOL, absent without leave. President Ritson wants Rhodey to deal with it. Nick Fury takes a stroll. He donates to the homeless man on the curb. He passes by a Wempa food cart which translates to Swarma. Later, he passes by a couple kissing. The woman sporting a beret stops kissing her partner and stares at Nick Fury. Nick Fury doesn't look away. As he walks ahead, a big rainbow ball bounces on the street. A young girl appears chasing the ball. She picks up the ball and stares at Nick Fury. A paranoid mother mumbling in Russian takes the girl away. This is extremely weird. Are the Skrulls surveilling Nick Fury? That's an extremely high probability. Two men catch Nick Fury of God put a black sack over his head and kidnap him. Over the black screen we hear Olivia Coleman's voice. This is so exciting. Let's see Large Black Man Moscow. It could either be Nick Fury or the ghost of Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson was the epitome of the 20th century renaissance man. He was an exceptional athlete, actor, singer, cultural scholar, author and political activist. His talents made him a revered man of his time. Olivia Coleman's voice pours in. Okay, go ahead, take the hood off. Olivia Coleman's character reacts disappointed seeing Nick Fury. Nick Fury says, It's good to see you too, Sonia. Olivia Coleman plays Sonia Falsworth. Nick Fury walks up to the wall adorned with various clocks. He places a contact lens over the owl statue's eye. Nick Fury puts on a vinyl and the song Equinox by John Coltrane plays. Sonia hints that Nick Fury knew the Skrull rebel leader personally. Fury reacts like he's caught dead to rights. Sonia further implies that Nick Fury feels responsible because the Skrulls went rogue. That's why he came down from Sabre. Just like I suspected, there's something between Nick Fury and Gravik. Nick Fury inquires about a heist at a black market storage facility in Kazakhstan. He questions, what was in the vault? Sonya is confident that if Fury doesn't know, she doesn't need to worry about Fury as a threat. Sonya says, I think Thanos' snap changed you. Taught you, no matter how hard you fight for what's right, there's always someone stronger to undermine you." Nick Fury reminds Sonya that he knows the threat better than her, because he has 30 years of hands-on experience with Skrulls. Sonya feels their partnership is redundant because Nick Fury is old and out of practice. We see a close-up of the owl statue's left eye where Nick Fury plays the contact lens. So he may be old, but he's definitely not out of practice. Text appears, 312 kilometers southwest of Moscow. A man walks up to a gate. The guards question what he wants and his response is, Home in my own skin. I instantly knew he's a scroll looking for refuge. A car drives up from inside the base and stops at the gate. A person steps out and walks up to the guards. The text on the guards' booth reads, Zalesnogird. I think it's a reference to Zalesnogorsk. It's a secret Russian city built for nuclear industry. The person who stepped out of the car was Amelia Clark. She asks the man to take his natural form. She welcomes him to new Skrullos. She asks his name. It's Beto. She offers him some Skrull produce. This shows that she's compassionate. The imagery of the nuclear plant is inspired by Satsup nuclear power plant Elma Washington, or so I believe. The Skrulls stay in their human shells for a long time to avoid detection by humans and Skrulls alike. Amelia Clark plays Gaia. Gaia enters a room where there are fracking pods in which various humans are held captive. The second captive human is a man with long curly hair and a beard and a mustache. A shadowy figure watches from above as a warrior takes on the form and memories of any AR person. We now see the close-up of the owl statue's contact lens and Sonya's voice pours in. Scrolls have infiltrated the ranks of major world powers. Sonia's superior needs evidence to support her claim. Sonia's evidence is the arrival of Nick Fury. Nick Fury eavesdrops on Sonia's conversation with her superior. Sonia suspects that Vasily Poprishan might help Skrulls build bombs. He's a former Chechen rebel who owns a high-end gallery in the city centre. He restores pigmented paintings and radioactivity bombs. Nick Fury wants to interrogate this guy before Sonia does. At the new Skruller's base, Gaia is reading the book Understanding the Human Mind by Jason Brown. Gravik drops in six cubes of sugar into his drink. I calculated the sugar cubes dropped on screen and heard the foley sound of the ones dropped off screen. Can't say whether it's tea or coffee or some squirrel's drink. Pagon informs Gravik that Nick Fury is in town. Gravik's response is, is he? This means that Gravik already knows and he doesn't quite trust Pagon. Pagon assures that there's nothing to worry about. He describes Nick Fury as washed up, walks with a limp and can barely see with a good eye. Pagon hands over the money to Gaia and informs her to pick up the two bombs. Gaia sits in the car, puts the money in the glove compartment and as she's about to shut the car door, Pagon blocks it with his hand. He stares at her. What was that? Gaia just shuts the car door without reacting to Pagon. We get a bird's eye view of the vehicle in the city on its way to collect the bombs. Gaia spots MI6 agents in the vicinity of the art gallery. Talos disguises himself as an MI6 agent. He injects another MI6 agent with a sedative. Fury gets off the car that Maria was driving. Before Nick Fury and Talos can meet Vasily, Gaia picks up the two bombs. He looks like the same human who was held captive in the second fracking pod. You know, the one with the curly hair and a beard and a mustache? Talos and Nick Fury break in and enter the art gallery. We learn that Talos is 136 years old, which is not even 40 in human years. Talos hasn't even gone into his midlife crisis shopping spree yet. Talos questions Nick Fury what he got during his midlife crisis shopping spree. Nick Fury replies, The Avengers. That's a great answer. Meanwhile, Gaia steps out from the other side with the two bombs. Nick Fury and Talos try to interrogate Vasili. Maria spots Gaia on the street, so she gets off the car and pursues her on foot. Maria informs Nick Fury about the same. Nick Fury tries very hard to extract information from Vasili, but he doesn't succeed. Nick Fury refers to Talos as Agent Keller. Agent R Keller is the same identity Talos assumed in Captain Marvel. Vasili is aware that Agent Keller is in fact Talos. Vasily and Talos fight each other in hand-to-hand combat. When Vasili overpowers Talos, Nick Fury has no choice but to kill Vasili. Vasili was, of course, a Skrull in disguise. Gaia enters a tunnel barricaded with wooden planks and a signboard that reads, Do not enter in Russian. Maria follows Gaia into the tunnel, takes out her gun, but Gaia attacks her. Maria is no match for Gaia. I feel so bad for Maria Hill. I've always rooted for her. I think she's an absolute badass. Talos comes to Maria's aid. He asks which way did he leave. By he, he meant the attacker. Maria corrects him, saying she, and points in the direction that she went. Talos follows Gaia, not knowing it's his daughter. He shoots a warning shot and says, last warning. Gaia, who's climbing the iron ladder to escape, stops in her tracks, climbs down, and turns to face Talos. Gaia says, that's what you always say but there's always another. Now it dawns upon Talos that it's Gaia, his daughter. He politely asks her to hand over the bombs. Gaia refuses. Talos says, I know you are angry. This isn't you. This is not what your mother would have wanted. Gaia replies, "Mom doesn't know what she wants. Is Gaia saying that because Sorin loved Nick Fury? Talos says, her last words, find Gaia. Gaia reacts saying, what? Talos replies, she's dead. Gaia questions, how? Talos removing the clip from his gun says, why don't you ask the people you work for? There's genuine hurt in Talos's voice when he says that. Talos continues, why don't you just, just give me the bomb, please? Gaia, give me the bomb. Gaia says she can't, but Talos encourages her to just hand it over. He assures her that he'll protect her. Gaia doesn't believe him. She shoves him away and escapes using the iron ladder. Gaia enters another barricaded place with a signboard that reads, Attention, no parking. Gaia leans against the wall and descends to the ground trying to process the news of her mother's death. She covers her face and cries. We see a back shot of a person sporting a beanie and a coat entering a bar. The sign on the door reads, Thank you because you don't smoke. Nick Fury greets the bartender, but she asks him to wait. Nick Fury checks out his reflection in the bar mirror. An old man speaks to Nick Fury in Russian. You can stare all you want, but you'll never be the man you once were. Nick Fury replies, Say again, comrade. He then asks the bartender for bourbon, a pint and a drink for the old man. Nick Fury joins Maria Hill. He reveals buying shots is what he did to keep the Cold War from going hot. He even uses the S-word which is derogatory to black people but is also used for spies. Nick Fury is both. Maria Hill has a chess game waiting for Nick Fury. Maria asks him the questions we've all had. You take all the audience questions and make the supporting character ask them to the protagonist. Question 1. Why did you abandon Earth? Maria reminds Nick Fury that playing chess is their truth-telling game. She wonders if that has changed. Nick Fury reveals that he had a crisis of faith. Maria questions him further. Why did you come back? I thought the existence of humans as a species was at stake. Nick Fury replies, It followed me up there and I owe it to Talos. What followed him up there, or rather who? Is he talking about Gravik? Maria questions. You sure you're not talking about someone else? Fury doesn't respond. Maria is worried that Nick Fury is not in his best form. His lack of contact over the past few years sent a pretty clear message. The fall of 2023 was the endgame battle, so a few years from then must have been at least three years. Maria doesn't feel Fury is ready for this. Nick Fury reminds her that he came back because Maria called. She reveals she did that on Talos' request. It's a very real threat. You were never the same after the blip. Just say snap. Maria is worried someone's gonna get hurt if Fury is not careful. Back at the safe house, Nick Fury recalls the moment he was dusted. It was the post credit scene from Avengers Infinity War. At the new Skrullu's base, Gravik stands against the window pane and looks at his reflection. Gaia enters her room and hands over the bombs to Pagon. Gaia informs that someone was waiting for her when she received the bombs. She suggests postponing the strike. Pagon reveals the bait is set thanks to her. Is Nick Fury the bait? An old lady takes a taxi and stops in a dingy alleyway. The old lady was Gaia and the taxi driver was Talos. Gaia blames Talos for her mother's death. Talos repeats, your mother died while you were working for her killer. Gaia reveals that the attack is planned for tomorrow. Unity Day, three bombs, for Cedin-Inyay Square. Gaia promises to mark each bag with infrared spray. The following day, Nick Fury, Maria Hill and Talos are waiting at vantage points to track the bombs and stop the attack. Gaia hands over the bags. Maria Hill, Talos and Nick Fury scan the square. Nick Fury spots the infrared-marked bags heading north and south. Maria Hill and Talos follow suit. Nick Fury encounters the same little girl with a rainbow ball from the first night he took a stroll. He follows her. The girl hides behind a balloon stand and out comes the old Russian man from the bar the night before. They move past a pie cart and out comes the woman sporting a beret who stopped kissing her partner to stare at Nick Fury. Fury continues to follow her and removes his gun. After passing a cotton candy cart, the person shapeshifts into Gravik. Maria and Talos realize the bags are decoys. Gravik turns to face Nick Fury with a detonator. Nick Fury points his gun at Gravik. Gravik detonates the bombs. Boom, boom, boom. Chaos ensues at the square. Gravik hides himself in the crowd. Maria helps people to evacuate. We see Nick Fury approaching Maria Hill. She walks up to him and gets shot. We now see the actual Nick Fury distressed. He spots his duplicate smiling sinisterly. A fourth bomb explodes. This helps Gravik make his escape. Fury approaches to see a bleeding Maria Hill on the ground. Maria says, It was you, though I could only hear you. Nick Fury replies, Not me, though I couldn't hear that. Someone drags Nick Fury away, leaving a dying Maria behind. It has to be Talos. The camera pulls up to show a top-angle view of a weak Maria lying on the ground as she breathes her last. I can't believe they killed off Maria Hill. I thought she was the second most important character after Nick Fury. When I didn't see her name in the opening credits, I rewound and checked if I missed her name. After a while, I thought maybe she's a guest star on this episode, so her name will appear in the end credits. I was right and I hate it. I hate that I was right. And kids, that's what your Aunt Robin did when she went to Russia. She didn't go there to cover the Butter Festival. Sorry, I'm upset. I'm just blabbering. They brought Phil Coulson back from the dead using tree technology in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tahiti. It's a magical place. The title of the episode is Resurrection. Who's Resurrection? It's definitely not Nick Fury's or Maria Hill's. Four different people told Nick Fury, Thanos' snap changed you or you are not the same as you were before. I wouldn't call that Resurrection. Do you guys remember the name of the superhero character Kobe played in the series How I Met Your Mother? I'll reveal the name in the next episode if Maria Hill gets resurrected. You can listen to The Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I am doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesomepodmix. Thanks for listening.